This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host, and I am joined by my co-host of Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's going on, man? Not much, Liz. How you doing? I don't know. I'm just kind of annoyed by a bunch of shit, but I'm I'm doing fine. Yeah. Well, what did we do? We went a uh, three and two last week. Followed up our five and zero, oh, and a nice little run here. It's a uh, what is that? Over the last uh, three weeks, we are eleven and four. And um, yeah, I was just uh, on a FNTSY uh, broadcast earlier, and they're saying, and he his partner had thirty nine points or thirty eight points. He and his partner. And he said, basically, that really we really aren't totally out of it. If you went on a big stretch, I think the leader is like twelve points ahead of us. Really? Yeah, we got to go nuts. We got to just get none wrong. I uh, I had a good pick with the Dolphins. I had a terrible pick with the Raiders. Although they were driving in the last, like they were driving down eleven, and if they scored, they were definitely going for two, because they want right. they would have wanted to go down three. And I, I thought it was going to happen because the Chiefs are kind of nutless monkeys. But Derek Carr threw the pick and. It's like off somebody's hands, and that was that. Yeah, both the ones I like not only covered Arizona and San Francisco won outright. More on the Niners later, I'm sure. But what about the Browns? Man, that's brutal. We both liked them. And going into overtime, yeah, we picked three teams with uh, that were plus three and another plus four, all key numbers, and somehow didn't tie. And I thought that was the worst-case scenario, obviously, when that game went into OT. Yeah, that was bad. Well, also because the Packers... You know, they got the ball second, so they just needed a field goal to yep. win. Like, that was just yep. a fluke. Like, if they tackled Devontae Adams at the five, they're probably right. just kicking the chip shot. You know, like, that just, that was just terrible. The Browns just really find a way. Like, it's, it's amazing how the Browns can lose. But you're saying your, your underdogs won outright. My 11-point underdog yeah, won outright. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. And I, I was very wary of that pick, and you said it was your best bet of the week, so definitely props for that. I mean, what a what an ass-kicking. I did not see that coming, Brady coming off a, a bad game. I know he's had a history of, of bad outings in Miami, but, you know, whatever, the last, what was it, last 12 games without Gronk, I think they had won all of them or something, or covered all of them or something, even, uh, I don't know. They, they looked really bad and old, and I was pretty much shocked. Yeah, it's funny. There's some dumb tweet I saw from my covers that was like, Patriots, you know, on the road after this or on Monday night or some shit, we're like, you know, 28 and one or something against the spread. And I'm thinking that's such a stupid stat because the line is 11 right now. And if the line were 35, that stat would still be the same. Like, yes. 
That's why the stats are so dumb. It's like, oh, Patriots on the road always covered 10 out of 10. It's like, but if the line was 100, it, that would still be true. And, of course, they wouldn't cover. So, like, it doesn't really matter all that shit. It just matters what the number is. It, it's really interesting when you think of any of those streak stats. They can't possibly be right because they would be right. They would be true no matter what the spread was. And you know the spread could be high enough that they would never happen again. So you got to look at the spread. Well, yeah, and teams change so much, not just yearly, but even weekly. So I, I but I'm saying if it was the same team, even if they were exactly the same players for the last five years, playing the exact same game, never getting hurt, never getting old, it wouldn't. No matter what their streak was, you're saying it's independent of what what the current line would be moving forward. You're saying I'm saying it, it, let's say Team X has covered ten times in a row on the road after a loss or something like that, and now right. there's like time eleven. It's like oh, it's on the road after a loss. I got to take them. But that would be true that they covered that many times in the past, no matter what the present line was. The present line was zero. It was a pick them, or the present line was minus fifty. They'd right. still be. They've covered ten in the past. I guess I got to take them. Well, wait a second. <laughs> you wouldn't take them at minus fifty. You might take them as a pick them. So obviously, the number matters greatly, not the past thing. It's got nothing to do with the past thing. So you can't just say, "Oh, this streak is X, Y, and Z," because it it. The question is whether that whether this team is going to cover the current number. That's always the question. If the current number is 50, they're not going to cover it, no matter what their streak is, no matter who's on their team. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. I, I, yeah, I never look at backward-looking gambling stats like that, and I'm always Horrible. surprised when people in the industry actually cite them, like on radio hits. It always really, really surprises me. Um, I only brought up the Gronk thing just because, kind of to illustrate that they had been okay with him out of the lineup as a team. Right, but right. That they, they just, they're not... They're like capable of playing. That their offense still functions. How good is Kenyon Drake, by the way? Dolphins couldn't run for three quarters of the year, and they had Jay Ajayi, who's the Eagles' best running back, and Kenyon Drake. And then, moreover, when they traded Ajayi, Damian Williams. Damian Williams was the starter. Like they just didn't even think Kenyon Drake's just been sitting there the whole time, and now he, and he just great. like looks like a monster. Like he's throwing blocks, he's pass protection, he's catching the ball, he's fast. Yet he like is like. Sneaky big. I don't know. He looks like the real deal. But you're right. The offensive line's been a disaster. Guys like Ajayi, you know, like maybe a locker room problem or worry about his long-term durability with his locker team. Problem. The problem is the locker room. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel I in life. Like, no, I know. I'm just saying why they ship me out. If people ship me out, then there's a them problem. That's what the problem is. Totally know? agree. My point was them trading him was, was not an on-field issue necessarily. And, and then, yeah, so it takes all that to happen for Drake to even get the job and he better, I mean, they better not mess around if Williams gets cleared this week. I mean, especially his DFS price. I mean, Drake looks like he's going to, you know, another terrific start against Buffalo. But um, anyway, what else going on, man? A lot of shit. Oh, you're, I, oh you're Jamal Williams, NFFC thing. I heard, uh, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I, I talked about it on the radio. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I had such a good NFFC team. We talked about it last week. I don't have to uh, recall the players because it's pretty much drawing dead now i got like 115 points or something 120 points i didn't even look i was so pissed after the cooks cooks got just about nothing in that uh patriots game the week before week 13 i had used hunter henry as my tight end and i put jamal williams as my flex and i left jimmy graham on the bench and then for week 14 i had to decide between graham and williams in the flex i could also put graham at tight end that wasn't a done deal but i wasn't sure what i was going to do and I was pretty much going to start Williams, and then I was a little worried about Aaron Jones because he was—he just got that one carry in overtime, but it was a 20-yard touchdown. So I was like, "All right, right. Maybe, you know, he's back. He'll probably, you know, cut in somewhat." But pretty much, you're going to start a running back that catches passes in a full PPR over a tight end for the most part if he's a 
starting running back with a good matchup. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. So I was probably going to start him, but I just saw this tweet by this uh, Packers writer. Actually, it wasn't by the Packers. It was by Mike Clay uh, summarizing what Rob Domofsky said, which was that uh, if both are healthy, that Aaron Jones is the man. And so I responded to that tweet saying, is that something Mike McCarthy said, or is that just your opinion? And Domofsky never responded to me. So I, you know, I was like, all right, you know, if he's not responding, I'm assuming it's just his opinion. And I've learned from covering teams for Rotowire and just playing fantasy for a long time that beat writer opinions don't mean shit. Okay, a beat writer knows way more than you do about the team. He knows the players. He knows their numbers. He knows what the locker room is like and all this other irrelevant stuff. Sometimes it's relevant, I guess. And there are facts that they can share with you that might actually help you. But their conclusions about the future when it's not a quote from the coach are nothing special. Their judgment is not anything special. A lot of them don't play fantasy. They have no skin in the game. They're not skilled at trying to read the tea leaves and predict what's going to happen. They don't get fired if they say this guy's probably going to be the guy and someone else is. There's just really no skin in the game. So I was like, ah, whatever. He, he doesn't know. But then, you know, Jimmy Graham in full PPR is still pretty valuable. He gets a lot of touchdowns. And I was like, eh, you know, it just sowed a little doubt, a little seed of a doubt. And I think just unconsciously, you just don't want to have doubts with the high stakes league. You want to just be, you know, resolved on what you're going to play. There's this great philosophical article written in the 19th century by this guy, Charles Peirce. And it was called The Fixation of Belief. And it's about how people have doubts. I may have talked about this on a previous podcast, but people have doubts. Not like I doubt something, but just a doubt, like an uncertainty. And it's almost like a physical pain. It's like a discomfort. And a belief is what resolves that. It takes the place of it. It solves it. And so it's like when you're going to set your lineup and you're not sure, you have this like discomfort, this anxiety. And if some expert says, well, this is who you should start. Well, people love that because it's like, ah, okay, good. My doubt is gone. I have certainty now. I think like maybe I just didn't want to like agonize over Graham versus Henry or Williams, and just it just helped me like flip over the edge. And of course, Jimmy Graham got zero, and Jamal Williams got like thirty plus. And as a result, my hundred thousand dollar amazing team. Now that's you know in addition to Alvin Kamara getting hurt on the first series after he had like five points already, like in the first two minutes, um, and Brandon Cooks doing nothing, and AJ Green doing not much, and a lot of bad stuff. So. Sadly, barring a miracle, uh, I will not be making more than just the league-winning fee of fifteen hundred bucks in this league. Yeah, I, I would give you a hard time, but I I was worried about Jamal Williams myself. I thought that absolutely could turn into a committee, and even the Browns, what they entered with the lowest yards per carry against in the NFL. So I um I would have been skeptical as well. But uh, yeah, that's tough. I mean, Jimmy Graham's a touchdown machine, but he's seemingly like a specialist. He doesn't catch a time. I mean, he catches three balls every week. It's crazy. Yeah, well, uh, he, there's something wrong with him. I mean, he dropped a lot of passes early, and he's just not running those routes. You know, like with the Saints, right. it wasn't just touchdowns. He scored 16 one year, but he was yeah. running routes. He was running deep routes. He was doing a lot of stuff, and now he's just like a post-up guy in the red zone. Yeah, yeah he's a specialist. So I don't know what's wrong with that nutless sack of shit, but <laughs> he really got me a zero, and I'm, I'm not happy. And this week i got to think about it again because, you know, I mean, it's good there, and Jones got two for minus four, so I've probably just going to start Williams, but yeah, you know, it's at Carolina, although Aaron Rodgers is back, which should help. Yeah. Um, man, I, uh, speaking of bad beats, I, um, I had in the, in this late slate, I had a three team teaser and I had the other two had hit already. And I had the Rams plus four that got you. Oh man, that's such garbage. And I, I saw it coming a mile away too. I saw the count. It literally was one second is when they stopped the clock. I'm not even exaggerating. It was literally one second. 
And I'm like, well, they're back at the 10. Guarantee there's going to be horrible lateral defensive touchdown. Uh, and it was just almost like inevitable. Like, it was, it's, it happened before it happened in my head. And that it never just, used to happen. That never used to happen until this year. And now it's happened like know, three times. Right. Yeah, That's I know. Weird. It's almost like more likely to happen than not, it seems like. But anyway, that was bad. Like I said, the other two had already hit. Three-team teaser, plus four, and a defensive touchdown with, with zero seconds on the clock. Very frustrating. Yeah, that's that's rough. Bad beat. Yeah. So what else? Uh, what else? Got anything else going on with you over there? How's the, how's the uh... going to London in like a week for Christmas to Heather's friend's house? Should be fun. You know, traveling is always like pain in the ass, but should be chill. And uh, you know, the Bitcoin is doing well. My cryptocurrency yeah. is is doing great. Have you have you purchased any yet? Um, I have not, but I, I actually um, I'm in the process. I, I signed up for Coinbase and I did uh, the authenticator thing you told me to, and I'm uh, I'm just I'm ready to go. So I'm, I'm it's imminent. I think I'm actually going to pull the trigger. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm I actually just... follow the I follow the um, the price, and now I'm like rooting against it because I don't want it to <laughs> jump up. But uh, I don't know. It's pretty difficult to time you know time it, but I feel like it should be soon if I'm going to do it. Yeah, I mean, just get in for a little bit. You know, you can get a tenth of one. You don't need to. I mean, a tenth of one is no joke. It's seventeen hundred bucks right now, or sixteen hundred bucks. Right. It's right. not like oh, just a tenth, but like get in for something. You know, so you have some skin in the game, and then once you do, you'll find yourself learning about it. Yeah, at a very totally. fast rate. And it's just the more you read about it, the more you start to go down this rabbit hole. Like I don't know what I talked about last week. I can't remember because I've had so many conversations with so many people, but. The thing you start to realize is like people are like, ah, well, it's not based on anything. Like it's just this imaginary crypto thing. But you start to realize like nothing's based on anything. Like the whole people are like, well, the dollar is the U.S. government. Did we talk about this last week, the U.S. government. Yeah, we mentioned it a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's just value because we 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 you know we we assign it that. I mean, same with like gold, right? I mean, what you know, like, like why are you a member of the U.S. government and not just a member of the California government or your local government? And that your, your local government's its own country. Like, it could easily be set up like that. In fact, it would be tomorrow if everybody just agreed that that was the way we're going to do it going forward. Right? It's like, right. okay. In fact, you're not a member of the U.S. California's going to secede, and then your city is going to secede from California. If everybody right. just agreed, then that would just be what it was. And then you'd have to, like, trade with, you know, the non-California part of the U.S., and you'd have to just trade with other cities, and that would just be how it was. Right? It just... People just agree that we're part of a larger thing, that we're part of the U.S. or part of California, and California's part of the U.S. And it's just a bunch of agreements by people. And so what happens is, like, as these things get adopted, like Bitcoin gets adopted, and there's, like, I think half a percent of the online population now has Bitcoin. But as it gets bigger and it's 3% or 8% or 10%, and everybody agrees that this is real, then it is real. That's it. That's the only reason the dollar is real, is because people agree right. that it's real. And it's backed up by like some very deep agreements and very, you know, deep-seated loyalties and identifications with things. But that's those aren't like inherent in who you are. You just you just born into them and then you go along with them. You perpetuate them. But man, big change is coming because once you start to like untether yourself from the, you know, it's like a fish doesn't know it's in water. Once you start to untether yourself from the water and realize, oh wait, I'm in water. This is a thing that I'm in. It's not just the default. It's actually like a choice that we're all making. And then you realize, well, there's another choice. I could actually do this instead. Holy fuck. Now well, there's it competition. Now the default choice has to actually earn it, right? You can't just have some bankers print a bunch of money and deflate your money. And every year your money's worth less and you've got to keep spending and spending so that it doesn't you know, evaporate away. 
now it's got to compete with something else that's not inflationary, that's deflationary. Bitcoin, there's less and less of it. So, right. you know, now there's competition. Now you've got to earn it. You can't just have a bunch of fat cats who tell you what it's worth and manipulate it and do whatever they want, and you're stuck. What else are you going to do? Are you going to move to Europe? Europe's just as bad. They have central banks, too. You can move to Nigeria, Venezuela. It's 10 times worse. Right? So, you know, there, now there's competition. The biggest monopoly now has competition. And they should have snuffed it out for their own sake when they could. I think it's too big now. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I'm guilty of it myself, but it is kind of funny that how everyone just kind of blindly, or most people blindly trust the, uh, the government when, you know, just makes them feel safer. But yeah, there's so many reasons not to. So um, it's true. But uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes moving forward. And uh, aren't there a couple of markers coming up that things are going to change one way or the other? It's, it's going to be released to... Uh, so, so people are going to get in in soon. Am I wrong? Yeah, well, there's a futures market that opened up, but I think there's a bigger market. I'm not really sure. I don't, I'm not Mr. Wall Street or anything. There's another sort of exchange that's going to open it up even bigger. Right. And I think, you know, I, it's very dangerous to short. People who've tried to short Bitcoin have gotten destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, it's, I mean, who knows? Nobody knows. You know, it's like, there's, and there are just a lot of idiots writing dumb articles about it who don't understand it, saying it's a scam, it's a fraud. It may go to zero. Uh, this is not, I'm not saying if you buy some Bitcoin, you're going to make money because I do not, I honestly don't know. It may go to zero, but it is not a scam. <laughs> I'll say it's not a scam. It may go to zero, it may go to a million. The messed up thing is I almost feel like it's 50 50 that it goes to zero or a million. And so it's trading at 16,000 something. So if it's 50 50, right? Yeah. Zero to a million, it should be trading at 500,000, right? Not at right. 16,000. So I should be spending all my money on this. But then another part of me is like, dude, the second I do that, I'll wake up tomorrow and people say, yeah, there's some technical glitch. It didn't work. But the idea is good. We'll make a new one tomorrow. <laughs> you know? like, I don't want to go too all in. I spent what I spent on it. I'm happy that I did when I did, but I think I'm just going to hold what I have. Yeah, a real man would definitely go all in. But. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. real man doesn't even have cash anymore. Only Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. All right, you have any thoughts on the uh, Roy Moore election? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good that that, I, I don't, was he actually a pedophile or was he just like a statutory rapist? He was like sleeping with underage women. Well, I mean, people's definitions, I mean, very underage, just put it that way. Very, yeah. very, sleeping, you know, sleep, as a grown old man, like, uh, exploding and sleeping with, uh, basically statutory rape. Uh, yeah, of course I'm glad that scumbag is not in the Senate, right? I mean, there's plenty of scumbags in the Senate, but that's just like overtly. Yeah, it's so yeah crazy that he was the favorite, and it took like a surprise upset for that to even happen. I mean, I get that it's obviously a Republican state, but that, uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was a uh, nice to see. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah. It's not it's not exactly you're taking a stand, I guess, or a hot no, take. There's no, that's Same what fact. I mean. Like I haven't been like tweeting about it because it's like, who wants to see some scumbag rapist in the Senate? You know, what I mean, I don't know. It's not like it's kind of like yeah. when there was that whole Charlottesville thing. And everybody was tweeting about how anti-neo-Nazi they were. It's like, wow, everyone's against the neo-Nazis. Who knew? You know, it's like, uh, uh, I'm against rapists, you know, child rapists. Yes, I'm, I'm against that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we can get to the games. Uh, I, uh, I caught a, um, a documentary recently before we do uh, called Jim and Andy, the Great Beyond. I don't know if you've heard of this, but I recommend it. It's uh, all this old footage back when Jim Carrey was shooting uh, Man on the Moon. Right. When he, uh, he literally just becomes Andy Kaufman uh-huh. and Kaufman's other character, Tony Clifton. And it's just like super weird. Like you see Danny DeVito offset. And like he, they call you know, some people, you, you've heard of method acting before. But he like literally, like there's some crazy stuff. Like Andy Kaufman never met his real daughter. And like his real daughter comes and like sits with Jim Carrey for like an hour as Andy Kaufman. And like 
Jim Carrey like basically considers that like him him meeting it or his his daughter meeting her father for the first time. It's like it's really interesting. The guy is is, is basically completely outside of Hollywood now, and uh, I recommend it. It's uh, right. very interesting stuff, and there's actual real footage of it, and, and just the fact he became Andy Kaufman. It, it's it's totally bizarre. All right, I, I may check that out. What do you see on Netflix? Yeah, just it's a Netflix movie, I believe. But yeah. All right. All right. You want to talk about these games? You got something else? Nope. I'm I'm ready. Oh, by the way, I want to I want to recommend one article. There's this article I forgot that I tweeted. It's in my timeline by this guy. He actually lives in Berlin, where I used to live, and he's an award-winning playwright. And it's called something like the Year of the Chicken Liberal or something like that. And he goes oh he he goes step by step from the election. To the it's Hitler is now president, and then that somehow shifts to like it's a Russian. He's a Russian plant, to all sorts of crazy stuff, and it's really really good. I wish I could do satire as sharply as this guy. I mean this this it's excellent. It's in my Twitter feed. It's one of the top few tweets I have. All right, I'll check it out. Let me let me actually look it up, and so people can actually get the exact link. I mean it's it's genius. It's on a site called Counterpunch, which is pretty good. It's got a lot of very um, anti-establishment stuff, which you know I like. Um, it is called, I wrote Worth Reading, and I responded to my own tweet and said, that's an understatement, absolutely savage and spot on. It's the year of the headless liberal chicken. The year of the headless liberal chicken. If you Google that by C.J. Hopkins, who is, I think, like a real left-wing guy, not, not, a, uh, not a Republican. All right, cool. On the, on the set, I'll on check the set, it out. On the site, Counterpunch. All right, let's go over these games. We have um, first game is Thursday night. Broncos minus two and a half at Colts. Who do you have here? Um, yeah, I went with the Broncos. Uh, Colts, I know the home team, the short week and all that. But coming out of the the snow, I don't know. I think Frank Gore, he said, uh, some reporter said he's never seen a player's body so beaten up after a game. What, he had 36 carries, how old he is. I don't know. I just feel like the, that deep in overtime, that game, and the Broncos playing a little bit better. They still, the best unit in this game by far is the Broncos defense. So maybe it's a sucker side, but it's less than the field goal. So I took the road team. I took Colts. I had the Broncos originally. But yeah. the home team has been killing it on Thursday night. I just to me that's just like automatic. I, I get it. it's just as dumb as those guys saying you know road <laughs> theory. It's like well what's the line? What's the team they're playing? If it's Broncos you know plus fifty, then I'm not taking it. But I, I just feel like it's really hard to get back together after the short week. And I'd actually be surprised if Gore is that beat up or the culture that beat up because they played in the snow and the snow is like way soft yeah. <clears throat> not only soft landing but you're moving slower and. The equation for kinetic energy is, I think it's one-half mass times velocity squared. Velocity is squared. So in terms of how much energy, how much kinetic energy, how much force you're crashing into people with, the velocity is a square. It's way more important than the mass of the person. So if you're significantly slower because you're running in the snow, I don't think they're going to be that beat up. All right, yeah. It was probably just dumb anecdotal uh, yeah, exactly. stuff. Exactly. Like, Somebody like, <laughs> kissing ass to Gore, like, oh, he's such a warrior, you know? That's just such bullshit. That guy was probably sucking up to Gore. So I'm taking the Colts. All right. <laughs> All right. I got Broncos. Yeah. All right. Bears plus five and a half at Lions. Who do you have here? I like a couple Saturday games. Um, I, uh, I took the Bears and the points. Uh, just feel like. This division game, the Bears aren't, aren't terrible, obviously, defensively. And the Lions just are a team that don't really pull away from teams. So uh, give me give me the, the underdog road team here. What about yourself? I took them, too. It's a little recency bias because the, they just throttled the Bengals on right. the road. But oh. 
Bears can run the ball. Lions don't really stop the run that well. I think they'll keep it close enough. Second match is usually an under, so low scoring. Five and a half is bigger. I took the I took the Bears. Cool. All right, Chargers minus one at Chiefs. It was a unanimous pick and staff picks. I know you took the Chargers. I don't love it, but I think the Chargers defense is much better. I'm a little worried about them at Arrowhead, but it's just like one team has no defense, one team has a great defense, and their offenses are both decent. Yeah, I bet the Chargers said it on this pod before, but I bet the Chargers for the season to win the division at plus 450. So uh, this, this is, is obviously, obviously, basically, this is it. Exactly. So I'm rooting for the Chargers, so I picked them, but uh, I could see this going either way. But it is, you know, less in the field goal. They just seemingly are the better team, but obviously NKC could be huge, primetime Saturday night. So uh, I picked the Chargers, but, um, and I certainly hope that I'm right. Yeah, I'm, you know, you get plus 450, I got plus 150, and you're the custodian. You're the, you're the, you're the house. Um, uh, wh- why do you say that? Because I got three to two. I sent you sixty-six bucks, and that guy Bill oh, sent you a hundred. Right, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're you're okay. So yeah. we're both on the same page here. And then Stope has yeah. got three hundred to one on a thousand bucks. Yeah, I was really gonna say he has. Yeah, I think we're burying the lead there. Yeah. He has slightly more skin in this game, but wow, man, he's wow. They, not only are they like you're know, gonna possibly win the division, but they look really good. Like they're they're absolutely legit. I'm sure they will. You know, totally. Uh, blow it when it matters most, like usual. But seriously, man, they, they look legit. As I said, they're going to make last year's Falcons Super Bowl <laughs> choke look quaint. And Stope is going to start getting – here's what's going to happen. He's going to start believing more and more, and he's not going to hedge. And then they're going to win like in the <laughs> in the first round. They're going to win in the divisional round. And then they're going to win – You know, he's just going to like say, fuck it, I'm just going all in. I don't care. Yeah. And then they're going to be up like 28 nothing in the fourth right. quarter, and they're going to blow it. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. All right, so we're both on that. Uh, Eagles minus 7.5 at Giants. I, uh, I took the Eagles. I think the Giants are like the NFL equivalent of a banana republic. Like they're not a serious organization anymore. They're just pandering to the f- stupid fans who want to see Eli Manning play, even though Eli is dink and dunking and he's horrible. And I don't think it's a serious operation, so I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, this is the one game I switched this week. I originally had Giants, and the more I thought about it, I thought about how seriously atrocious – that offense is, and I didn't want to overrate the quarterback change. I think Nick Foles could be competent, and this the rest from, from the defense and everything. This team is just so much better. So uh, I, I'm with you. Went with the Eagles. All right, Packers plus four and a half at Panthers. The uh, Packers obviously get Aaron Rodgers back. It's probably three now, but I wrote it, it this morning. It, I felt like a little cheap doing this, but on the site that we looked at, it was six and a half, six, four and a half, and three. And I went to four and a half. I could have gone six, but based on the rules that I use, but I also knew that like those numbers, you know, you don't bet through that site. That's just displaying the numbers. So they're probably delayed. And if you yeah. actually went to a site to bet it at four and a half or six, you probably couldn't. But, you know, I can't predict the future, what they're going to do or, if, you know, it's not like it wasn't official. So I just got to use what we have. Sometimes it screws me. Sometimes it helps me. Uh, so I have Packers plus four and a half. I think it's actually three for if you're going to go bet it. It is, it is three across the board now on Vegas yeah. and Saturday. I took the Packers. I just think Aaron Rodgers is so good that it just overcomes the difference in teams. I think Cam will have a good game, but I have Packers 24, Panthers 23. Yeah, definitely four and a half, and I'll, I'll just say I'd stick with it at three, two. Uh, maybe it's a sucker side, uh, but the Carolina actually does give up passing TDs. Who knows? It'll all obviously come down to Rodgers' health, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to back them in a must win, so I took the Pack as well. Okay. Bengals plus 10.5 at Vikings. I was going to take the Vikings. You know, I had the Bengals last week. I mean, what a joke. What a pathetic display. But then I just thought, you know what? 
they, they may get perfect back. And I just think they're going to probably be the right value at double digit 10 and a half. So I took the Bengals. Yeah, I, I don't like these big spreads this week, but um, I'm with you. Who just totally buying low after last week's debacle, Cincinnati just getting embarrassed at home against the Bears. And I actually do think Minnesota's legit, but uh, I'm going to hold my nose, go ugly, and, and take the points here. All right. Uh, Dolphins plus two. I made up that line. There was no line. I don't know if there is one now. I figured it would be three if Taylor were playing, and because he's not necessarily playing but he probably will i made it two so dolphins plus two and i took the dolphins i might regret that they played monday night they're coming off a huge win they don't have anything to play for so they kind of won their super bowl already and they got to go to the freezing cold six days later but i still took them i feel like they've turned a corner a little bit they crushed denver they crushed the patriots and uh, the bills aren't very good yeah, the Bills do play better at home. At two, I took Buffalo. It looks like Tyrod Taylor will play. Uh, he returned to practice Wednesday, so I, I'm expecting him to. And they're just far better at home. McCoy usually goes nuts. So uh, for the other reasons, as you stated as well, you know, a Florida team going to the cold. So give me Buffalo if it's less than three. All right, Texans plus 11 at Jaguars. I just took the Jaguars. I just think they're going to beat the shit out of the Texans and their quarterback. And, you know, the, the Texans can't really run the ball. I just don't know what they're going to do. And... Jaguars are playing well. They're at home. I think they're going to roll. Yeah, I took Houston again to sell my nose with the bigger dog. Yates uh, immediately was an upgrade. Um, Sa- uh, Savage, man, that was a brutal hit. Uh, that's crazy that he returned to that game. But Yates did look better. Uh, this could be ugly, and you might be totally right. But um, a divisional game, it's not like Jacksonville is going to really put the go go for the throat at the end. Fournette's banged up, so I took Houston. Yeah, real coach sent Savage back in to finish the game. Yeah, well, I think looked like he was there for a little bit. He was going to. I had much respect to Bill O'Brien for sending that dude back in. Jets plus 15.5 at Saints. I laid the wood, man. I just think Bryce Petty going to New Orleans. New Orleans coming off a loss. They're at home. I just think they're going to name their score. They're just going to run the ball and score, and Jets won't be able to do much. Yeah, I took the points again, but I almost switched this one. Who knows? At 16, those are probably my least favorite to actually bet on, but we're picking every game here, so I could see it. I mean, this could be a total uh, total debacle shutout, so I'm not going to argue with you here. Cardinals plus four at Redskins. This was my best bet. I took the Redskins. Oh, interesting. I actually like Arizona. Arizona's playing really good defense, and why the more than three? I, this Washington team, I actually like Kirk Cousins. But they just don't have any playmakers and, and a bad offensive line. Interesting, because actually Arizona's probably like my third favorite bet of the week. All right, good. I feel even better about it now. You know, you know what my record is on best bets this year? Uh, what is it? 10-3-1. Oh, that, you know, that's, that's awesome. It's really good. Has to be one of your best. I mean, anyone's best ever, yeah, right? I had, yeah, I've had, I had a 12-5 and five in the regular season a couple of years ago. But, yeah, this is my best so far. I, I just I just think like this is a good buy low sell high and the Gabbert Cardinals going on the road. Uh, I'll pass on that. And the Redskins have been a decent team. They beat Seattle in Seattle. They went toe to toe with the Chargers. They're you know I'm sorry not the Chargers. They got crushed by the Chargers. They got toe to toe with somebody good besides Seattle. I can't remember now. The Saints um, were they close to the Saints kind of? Maybe the Saints. Yeah, somebody like they're you know they're like a real legitimate team. I know they lost offensive lineman. Jordan Reed's been out forever. Terrell Pryor's he's out for the out. season. Yeah, he's, he's out, out for the, the year. Season. Pryor's out for the year. But they still have Doxon. They still have Vernon Davis. They lost Chris Thompson, obviously. I don't know. I, I'm taking the Redskins. I'm just feeling it. I just think this Yeah, they only lost by, they lost by three in New Orleans. Right, exactly. So they, 
you know, they can be good. And I just think this is a get well game. All right. So do you want to fight for it then if it's your best yeah, bet? I mean, uh, I'll okay. fight for it. Yeah. Let's use the rest. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, Ravens minus seven at Browns. I switched this one. I switched two this week. This was one of them. Who do you who do you have here? Um, I went back and forth, but uh, I went with the Browns. Kaiser's quietly playing better. I know that was a bad pick in overtime, but he's he's playing better, and maybe there's something wrong. I know Baltimore's ranked like super high in DVOA, but there might be something wrong with that defense after losing Jimmy Smith's been like night and day. So uh, I took the home dog. I mean, Jimmy Smith was giving it his all. He was taking roids. He was really doing whatever he had to do, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. And those other dudes aren't willing to take roids to win a game, you know? So I, I agree. And Josh Gordon is like a game changer. I don't know why they stopped throwing yeah. him in the second half. I mean, just get I the know. ball to him, man. Dude is unstoppable. No, I know. That was frustrating. I thought he was going to have a huge day. People were worried about the wind, and he just looked like he was going to dominate. He did have another, like, 50-yarder in the end zone that could have easily been called P.I., but they didn't. But, uh, yeah, he looks, he looks awesome. And there's Corey Coleman and... Like I said, Kaiser looks better, so you didn't say. Who'd you go with, Cleveland then? I went with Cleveland in the end. Yeah, I was going to lay the wood because Cleveland's just been the right side in so many games and found a way to lose. So I was like, ah. And then I was like, you know what? If I go off now, they're definitely going to cover. And this is a big spread for a team like the Ravens. The one thing about the Ravens is their offense the last two games has been much better, has been like a credible offense. Oh, yeah, it has. So, you know, if, if that's the case, then they're actually a good team. But still, seven on the road is a lot. So I took the yep. Browns. Okay. What's next? Rams plus one and a half at Seahawks. You know, I just, the Seahawks aren't that good, but Russell Wilson gives them a puncher's chance no matter what. And it's at home less than three. I just took the Seahawks. Yeah, this is probably my second favorite bet of the week. I like Seattle. Just at home, less than the field goal. Yeah, they have their flaws, but man, Russell Wilson's is so sick. He already has two more touchdown passes in the fourth quarter than any player ever has in a season. Uh, MVP right there with Wentz going down. So, yeah, give me the Seahawks. Yeah, the the thing that worries me about this game is the disparity in kicking. Blair Walsh is yeah. probably Terrible. the worst active kicker in the league, and then yeah. Greg Zerline is. is the second best. So True. that shit in a one-and-a-half-point spread is very – it's not good when one guy sucks and the other guy's booming like 55-yarders. That is a good point. No, I agree with you there. It, uh, Walsh has been horrendous. Yeah. All right, Patriots minus three at Steelers. I think I made a mistake here. I took the Steelers because it would be nine in New England. Yeah. And the Steelers are still pretty good, and the Patriots aren't that great. Like, they're good, but they're not a great team. And this is crazy, three at Pittsburgh. So value-wise, I like the Steelers. It's just that my gut just says the Patriots are going to come out and play really well. And the Steelers got kind of lucky the last two games to win. And I feel like they're sort of they're like playing above their – it, their their record and their karma is not reflective of their actual level of play. So I think they're due to lose, but all those sort of anecdotal theoretical things aside, I think the Steelers are the value, so I took them. Yeah, give me the, the Patriots here. Love taking them after a, a loss. Embarrassing in prime time. Um, I know it's tough to travel on a short week and all that, but, man, Pittsburgh did not look good defensively without Shazier and Hayden. I mean, the Ravens were moving the ball up and down on them. That was just, I don't know, it was... It was bad. So give me, give me New England. I expect a big game from Brady. It's over-unders, what, 53-and-a-half, easily the highest of the week. So load up on DFS, and uh, that should be a fun game, maybe game of the year. But I took the Pats. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I'm not going to fight you on it. Titans plus two at the Niners. I knew I was almost going to make this my best bet, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. It's Dalton's best bet, I guarantee. So I did take the Niners. I just think it's kind of ridiculous. You know the Massey Peabody has Titans minus six is their line? 
That is just absurd. That's terrible. That's, <laughs> they have time I mean, minus six because they're looking at the full body of work for the year. But the thing that I think is not properly factored in when you get like a Garoppolo or a quarterback that turns things around is that the, the offense then affects the defense. Everything. Because the defense isn't on the field because the offense is now converting and moving the ball and chewing clock. And now the defense is resting. And so the defense is a whole different team also because of the offense. And so if you look at all these per-play metrics, like, oh, well, their defense is last in yards per play or whatever, Garoppolo doesn't just fix the offense. He fixes both. I mean, it really, it's not going to fix it completely, but it makes a huge difference to have a rested defense, not one that's on the field all game. So I have the Niners. I have them winning 26-20. I think the Titans are kind of garbage and uh, just don't see them winning on the road here. I mean, I guess it's crazy for me to find this spread crazy given their records, but things are different now. I mean, not just Jimmy G, which we'll get to here in a second, but their defense is getting healthier and playing a lot, a lot better lately. I know they got torched by Hopkins, uh, but um, they're they're defending the run better after being this the worst. But they, uh, I, the Titans are a fraud too. They've been outscored by 21 points this year. Uh, Mariota has a three to 11 touchdown to INT ratio on the road. Uh, they have uh, Jimmy G now playing quarterback, less than three at home. Uh, I loved Seattle the other couple weeks ago at home against the Eagles, called that my bet of the year. This would be my second favorite bet of the year. I mean, seriously. I mean, I loved them last week. I've been making a couple over-the-top tweets people take seriously, but in all seriousness, uh, man, they're going to cover this easily. Yeah, let me ask you this. For 2018, you get to pick one of these two quarterbacks to start for the, for the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady. 2018, just took 2018 Just that one year. In this system, oh. not in you know the McDaniels-Belichick system. He's looking at his age. Oh, that's tough. Oh, man. It's given that track record, and just for one year, I'd probably go Brady. But you man, know this monkey. Come on. A real man says Garoppolo. doesn't even think about it. Well, it's funny you say that because I actually was going to give you a similar hypothetical being like – I was going to ask you – who would you trade for if you're the 49ers straight up for Garoppolo? How many players in the NFL do you think you'd make a one-for-one swap? Right, and now that Wentz has a torn ACL, and like, I mean, he'll probably be back, but he might be a little less mobile to start the year, and his mobility is such a big part of his game. You know, Deshaun Watson's coming off a bad ACL tear. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I'd probably take Wentz over him. I'd take, even though he's coming off the injury, yeah, I would still great. take Rodgers over him because even though Rodgers is old, He's probably got four or five more years of being good. I would take – who else would I take over I, him? I, 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 struck, I thought maybe Russell Wilson probably. Oh, yeah, Wilson for sure, obviously. And who am I missing? No, I don't think anyone else would take Dak over him, would you? I don't know if I'd take Dak over him. I mean, Dak looked – Dak did what Garoppolo has done for two games for like 16 games last year, basically. Yeah. Uh, but then yep. you know he was exposed a little bit for a couple games and played better. I don't know. I think that's like I think Garoppolo. I probably take Dak over him. I think the sample is a little bit bigger. Well, you'd be mistaken, but that that's fine. Uh, even even Wentz. I don't know. I know. I understand he's putting up monster TD numbers, but like seven point five YPA, whatever. And now yeah. a major knee injury. I mean, that's but he, he passes the eye test. I mean, he gets out of so many jams. Yeah, I mean, he's good. It's just so valuable to have a guy when it's third and 13 who then gashes you for a 50-yard touchdown. Not on second and one on a play-action fake, but on third and 13 while he's getting sacked. Like, to me, that is, that is the most disheartening thing when you're betting on the other team against the spread. You know, you're betting against the Eagles, 
And you're like, we have him. We had him. And then it's just, not only did you not get him, but he turned it around. And it's, he's made so many of those plays this year. Yeah, no, he's good. And I know it's going to be funny, people laughing at the two-game sample of Garoppolo against poor defenses. But, man, does he look good. And he looks like the real deal. And I'm just loving it. I'm just, uh, I'm all in. Like, I haven't been uh, in a while for a local player here. It's, and it's so different just to getting like a few. Uh, I can already see next year them being like everyone's favorite team getting overhyped and stuff because Garoppolo is going to reel off these wins to end this season. No, I think with Shanahan coaching, when you have the coach and the QB, then you're, that's when you're in, that's what you need. Those two, that combo. Coach yeah. and QB, then you can build everything else. Yep, totally agree. Yeah. No, I'm fired up for the Jimmy G era. He, Jimmy G's a G. Didn't you that, say that? I like that. I said that. that in my article. I said Jimmy <laughs> I, G I, is a G. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so finally, maybe next year I'll be able to unload some of these season tickets. Can't give them away this season. Yeah. All right. Cowboys. Now, we're using that, by the way, if it wasn't obvious. That's right? fine. That's fine. Okay. Cowboys minus three at Raiders. I really like the Cowboys, man. The Raiders are garbage. I I pushed for them last. I don't really push for them. I reluctantly chose them as our fifth. And they're just a bad team. And the Cowboys, they were bad for three weeks, but I feel like they figured it out a little bit. And they got to win this game, stay in the hunt. The Raiders are toast. I think the Cowboys are going to win pretty easily. Yeah, on the Bill Simmons at Cousin Sal on the podcast, uh, who's you know we play league of leagues. It was just funny. I like um I like him, but it was, they're acting like YPA is kind of like a new stat to them or something, and how important it is. And uh, Simmons brought up that yeah, the, the, the litmus litmus test is uh, Derek Carr, and it's funny because you and I have been hammering like just he's put up these TD numbers entering the season, but it's finally you know he regressed. He's he's very average. Yeah, not Jeff, a shock. Jeff and I were talking about it how hitters counts can make average quarterbacks look really good. And decent quarterbacks look really bad in pitchers' counts. So you have you know guys like Carr last year with a good offensive line and Cooper healthy and Crabtree healthy all year and looks really good. And Bortles looks terrible. And now you have Bortles playing with leads with a good defense, good running game, not asked to do that much, and he looks much better. And how like there's just so few quarterbacks that are like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson who can perform even when they're you know, the conditions around them are really bad. There's just such few quarterbacks on that end of it. There's a couple quarterbacks that are so bad that it doesn't matter what's around them, but they are out of the league pretty quick. And most quarterbacks, it's just whatever the conditions are. It, it, it's like you think they're good or bad every other year, but it has nothing to do with that. It's just the conditions. Um, yeah, no, exactly. I, uh, yeah, that was my one bet for the season over-under was under Raiders 9.5 wins so uh i'm with you here i I think dallas does i was actually surprised you did take their their side but yeah oakland they're just they're just not not good at all oh you thought i was going to take the raiders here yeah i had a feeling you were but um yeah i'm with you i think dallas i think dallas can make a run do they still have time elliot's back next week right yeah the problem is that now the packers are back in you know you have the panthers the falcons the saints the rams the vikings the eagles are still going to make it because they've got you know 10 wins or whatever i mean there's too many teams in the nfc like they can't all make it yeah. The Lions are even in it still. That's another team. There's just so many teams in it. Yeah. All right. Falcons minus six at Bucks. I just hate the Bucks. Like, what a stupid team. Like, what's the point of the Bucks being in the NFL? Like, they're just, they're just never good. They haven't been good for a long time. And it's like, there's nothing going on there. And there's a stupid coach. And I'm not sure Winston's good. But no. division rival, home Monday night, six points. I just, I took them. I'm, I'm almost sure that he's not good, actually. I'm, I'm closer to that than Well, let me ask you this. I, I, t- I was talking to Jeff about this. At the start of last year, or, or in the start of this year, 
if you if someone said, okay, well, what year was a better draft for the first two picks for quarterbacks, the Mariota Winston year or the Goff Wentz year, like yeah, three months ago, you're gonna yeah, be like, no oh, question. right? Yeah, no question Winston side, yeah. And now, what would you say? It's no question in the other direction. Abs, it's even bigger gap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that's totally crazy. Yeah, no, I was convinced Goff was gonna be a bust and believed in the other two, but no, Mariota and Winston are. Boy, it's 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 past time to panic. They might not be any good. But I would then bet on Mariota or Winston. I don't know about Winston, but because he was never that good. But it's conditions, man. It's all just the conditions that they're in. It, it's it can't be that disparate from year to year. You know, it, it's I just think it's the conditions deteriorated for both. Or you can have a horrible offensive line and turn Marquise Goodwin and uh, Garrett Selleck into stars because you're a, right. a absolute godlike figure and your name's Jimmy G. Right. Or there's, that. There's two guys, Wilson and Rogers, that I that I know of that can perform in horrible conditions. If Jimmy Garoppolo is the third, that would be very good for the Niners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm with you anyway. I took, I took you took Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, I took Tampa. I don't love it, yeah. but I took it. Yeah, me same here. All right, so here's the ones I like. I like the Redskins. I like mm-hmm. Dallas. I like the Niners a little bit, though. I'm worried that they're your best bet. How are you doing on best bets? Are you over 500? Yeah, I am. I am. Okay. I'll look. I'll look where we're talking okay. about. Okay, yeah. so Niners, Dallas, and Redskins are the three that I kind of like. I kind of like the Saints. I kind of like the Jaguars. And I kind of like the Eagles. But who do you like? Um, yeah, I like the Niners. Uh, I'm fine with Washington. I'm totally fine with Dallas, too. So let's use them. Um, so that's three. I'm eight and six, by the way, in best bets. Okay. Um, yeah, those two big lines, I just didn't have a feel either way. So I'd be fine if you wanted to to go to bat for them. Uh, I, I, too, had the Eagles against your Giants. What do you think? Um, I, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, the Giants are weird. They sometimes surprise, and they played the Eagles tough the first time in Philly. But the thing is, like, I felt like if Eli Manning and the dead cat bounce from McAdoo's firing was going to happen, it should have happened last week, and it just did not. And I kind of feel like this is just a dead team. And the Eagles, I mean, Foles, Foles would have to be so terrible for them to lose this game. And I think they'll be almost, like, more focused because they know they have to, like, adjust. Right. Right. I, I would, it's a huge line for Nick Foles, backup quarterback, to be laying on the road. I mean, it's insane, really. I think, I but I don't think a lot of people will be on them though, which could be a good, you know, an interesting thing to do in our spot. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to know. I would take you. All right. I mean, I was pretty clear on the Eagles right away. Let's take the Eagles. I was pretty okay. clear on it right, right okay. from the get go. I should have all taken right. you know Dallas. Yeah. How, how did how does Shepard uh, put up a goose egg last week? I liked him in DFS against uh, what the Cowboys without Orlando Scandrick, and he just you know looked. I guess he was banged up, but man, I thought he was gonna go back to getting a ton of targets. Yeah, but Eli just—he's not a serious—he's not a serious NFL player. Yeah. All right, so that's that's four teams we got. Yeah. Okay. So you pick one of your two big ones, and you said Saints and Jags. I'll take the, the Saints. Likers. I feel pretty good about the Saints. I know they'll kill. Yeah, they'll but, probably. But yeah. I, I just really like those running and defense teams, like when they're yeah. big favorites. It's not like they don't need any magic. They just need to like do the obvious. Yeah. Well, you could say both Jacksonville and New Orleans kind of are that. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. There's something yeah. I like about those teams. Right. Yeah, so, makes sense. All right. So you want to do the Saints? We'll do the Saints, the Redskins, okay. the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Eagles. And five Eagles. favorites. You want to do five favorites, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, it's just how it turned out. I mean, we didn't try to do five dogs the week we did. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Is that any reason to change? 
no, there's no, there's no magic. Yeah. You know, favorites could go five and three, or you know, we could still, you know, or whatever. They can go five and eleven as long as we're, <laughs> as long as we, right, as long as we right. get the right ones. Yeah. All right, yeah. so you, right. let's just do All it. Right. All right, man. Let's stick with. It. All right, cool, man. All right, take Thanks, it easy, man. Literally. All right.